Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 164 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here in person with Sarah Powers. Woohoo! Podcasting in bed, as as we do. We do. Well, as I always do, but you only do when you're with me, it seems. It's so much better. I know, it really is. We should do this all the time. We are together in uh, Santa Barbara right now, visiting Sarah's parents and having a powwow. Yeah, a little business planning. A little business planning and enjoying ourselves. It's a lovely house. It's California. What? I've eaten four avocados so far, and I've only been here for like 36 hours. Megan is averaging one entire avocado per meal. Yeah. I think I can't actually go through a meal now without having an avocado involved. So You might have withdrawals. I know. Sorry, Michigan. We're going to have to really double down on this avocado situation. (laughs) So we are really excited about this topic today, and it's one that we just kind of came up with on the fly. And it's about... And it's something we've kind of covered before a little bit, but like not in this much focus. So we're talking about nurturing kids' talents, uh, but we're not talking so much about managing your expectations or like your schedule yeah, or we, keeping from of, over yeah. scheduling. It's not really about that. Right. It's more like every kid is good at something. And sometimes there's like a lot of emotion tied up mm-hmm. in that. Sometimes there's a lot of expectation on ourselves tied up in that. Sometimes we don't really know if they're really actually better than anybody else at it and does it matter. Right. So it's more sometimes like about that. sibling issues that come up Yeah. With that. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly like you said. We have talked about sports and activities, after school activities for kids in a few different ways. But this is, I think, a, a more philosophical conversation. Yes. And I, what I'm excited about is I think this applies starting when your kids are very, very young. Um, so I'm excited for our newer mom listeners, even if you're not at the age where your kids are, you know, on a soccer team or taking voice lessons, um, you're starting to see the ways in which your child is particularly, you know, yeah. gifted, not that word, you know what I yeah, mean, no, like just yes. good at something. And then you start to think, oh, I should put them in mini basketball camp. And like, right. it starts really early, this, this figuring out how to navigate a child's natural abilities with how that plays out in their life, in the family's life. Mm-hmm. And then we're also at the second half of the show, we're going to talk about when to let kids quit, which again, I am pretty sure we've tackled that once in a listener question, but it's a great, it's a great thing to discuss and yeah. we'll do it again. Um, I, I want to ask you a question before we start. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know what we should do is we should do our sponsor segment let's, and then I'll ask you the question because this could take a bit of time. Let's do that. We actually have an awesome sponsor, you guys. We're bringing on a new sponsor um, that you'll hear us talk about and it is Hydrolite. And I was not familiar with this brand, but I'm so glad that I am now because recently my family had a, not just a stomach bug, but a summertime stomach oh, bug. Oh, the worst. the worst. So what Hydrolite is. Like barfing in the heat. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Thank you. So it's <laughs> It's a great tasting clinical hydration product that has the right balance of sodium, glucose, and water to replace those electrolytes and fluids that you lose when you are sick or dehydrated or any number of reasons Running why. Running around, sweating. Yeah, exactly. Things, yeah. But what it doesn't have is all the junky sugar. So it has 75% less sugar um, and up to four times the electrolytes than typical sports AIDS. drinks. I have to may, say, yeah. when I whenever my kids are sick or like they have a sport to do and I go to the and I run by the gas station or whatever and get them one of the AIDS. Yes. I always feel really weird. Like I'm basically giving them candy in a 
bottle. Yeah. So there's some, yeah. there's some conflicted feelings about that for me too. Right, like yeah. they're very, um, very off limits 99% of the time to my kids, but hydrolyte is the same idea. Only it's going to replace those electrolytes way better, uh, without a lot of the junk. And another cool thing is it comes as a, either a pre-mixed drink, like, like the aids that mm-hmm. we are familiar with or a powder or the tablets that you can drop into a glass or bottle of water. And one reason I love that is my kids are, they maintain their pickiness even when they're sick and I'm trying to help them get yeah. better. <laughs> so like, I just like that there are options for, you know, you could How freeze the liquid yep. into a little popsicle. You could put it in, you know, their favorite cup in, you know, in, drop one of those tablets into maybe one of their favorite drinks or whatever. So and I it's super like, convenient for being on the go as well. Exactly. Yeah. So love that. Yeah. Even for travel. Yeah. I just thought of that great idea. Um, so you guys can find Hydrolyte in the digestive aisle at Rite Aid or online at Amazon. And what we have for you guys is a 30% discount um, if you go through Amazon. So the way you get it is you go to hydrolite.com slash podcasts. Again, it's hydrolite, that's both wise, dot com slash podcasts. And that will actually take you to their Amazon store. And when you use the promo code HydraKid, you will save 30%. I just tried it myself and made sure all that worked for you guys. And it did. And this is just a great thing to stock up on because I hate the stomach bug. I do too. And the little tablets fit really well in a drawer, I've noticed as well. So you don't have to worry about taking up a bunch of room in your kitchen. So I'm going to read that URL one more time for you guys. It's hydrolite dot com slash podcasts and then use the promo code hydra kid um, to save 30 percent off and that will be at their amazon store so when you end up and it's amazon looking that you are in the right place um and we're just excited about this partnership yeah so you had a question for me oh okay so this is like a big philosophical question okay um and it's just interesting in a historical way so when you look back at your childhood and yeah. you really got into ballet you were a professional ballerina mm-hmm. so that took a lot of time mm-hmm. and and sacrifice from you and from your mm-hmm. parents um, what do you think your parents did well when it comes to this topic? Mm-hmm. And what do you think you wish they had done differently? Mm, that is a really great question. Um, I think first of all, they didn't know I'm the first kid. Yeah. And I'm the first, I'm in a generation that barely started to like kind of take kids activities seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so I think, well, something they did well is, there might've been some luck involved, but they get credit too. is find a ballet school that was really a perfect balance of quality instruction Mm -hmm. without being like a high pressure situation. Um, I also think that they found a really good balance between prioritizing my, and I should say that I didn't get really, really quote unquote specialized where I wasn't doing any other activities and I was going multiple days per week until I was 10 or 11. And I think that's one thing we've talked about that that's shifted so much. Yeah. That was earlier times as much as you, what your parents were doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So in today's day, you might have a six year old expected to be like, now you're committing, now you're a dancer. Yeah. But I was a little bit older. So I think they did a really good job balancing, um, prioritizing it for me. You know, everybody came to all the performances. They made sure I had what I needed, you know, that cost some money. Um, but without, um, making it like it was still kind of my thing Mm -hmm. like they didn't watch every rehearsal yeah they dropped me off if it was you know I really am kind of glad my mom had three kids and three you know different schedules and if it wasn't convenient for me I'd figure out a ride or for her to get me there at a certain time I'd figure out a ride so it wasn't like the family dropped everything yeah or somehow because I was the oldest and probably the most serious about an extracurricular it didn't mean that everyone like suffered. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. We're going to get into mm-hmm. a lot of that. So I think they found that balance really well, whether that was intentional or it just happened. Just happened. Yeah. Um, 
probably things that could have been different is that there probably were opportunities for me to get a little bit outside or extra mm-hmm. like a summer program yeah. or like and I I didn't really but again they wouldn't have known yeah but, um, and it wasn't what people were doing that's the other thing I think some yeah. people were doing it but they were the ones who had stage moms yeah and I would much rather not have had a stage mom yeah totally um, agree. but I I got a little bit older maybe mid high school and started wanting to go to summer programs or go to auditions mm-hmm. and I think yeah they're just we just didn't really know how to go about it yeah we didn't have the internet so that's, yeah that's funny I would say that my answer would be almost exactly the same yeah like my parents were really good at being both laid back and also supportive yeah especially to be honest when I did stuff that they liked and that's the same for me it's yeah. easier to support kids when they're doing stuff you're interested in yeah um and if I had one complaint it would be that there were opportunities that I didn't have, whether for financial reasons or because my parents divorced and our lives were kind of upside down or just because my parents just didn't know. Um, Specifically like high school, I think when I was showing talent, I don't think my parents realized like, oh, I'm going to a high school with a really crappy theater program and there are better other options. I just don't, I think everyone was working and doing their own thing and like it just wasn't a priority. And I don't, I'm not mad about it at all, but it is something I'm kind of keeping an eye on loosely with my kids. Like if anyone shows like special interest or special talent. The other thing I think, um, I didn't ask, like I didn't ask because I didn't know, like I didn't know that those opportunities were out there and I was busy just like being a teenager and not thinking about it. So I don't even think it's like anything I would fault my parents for. I almost just wish there had been some other adult out there that had maybe zeroed in and been like oh this is something you know yeah and that those other adults we did a whole episode kind of recently on the importance of those other adults in our kids lives and I'm sure in this conversation too that's a key player because as parents we can't always know when a kid shows promise because we don't know what promise looks like exactly in that like in that particular you can kind of compare when you watch them or maybe you've had experience in that endeavor yourself right um, I think we need those. And just like as parents, we want to find a balance. It's great to have those other adults who, you know, I, I really resist the over pushing the like, oh my gosh, this kid's got talent. We're going to put right. them in all that. Like, so I, but I, I almost resist that to Too the much. other extreme. Yeah. Whereas like, maybe there are some opportunities for this kid to cultivate something. And yeah. so it is not, this is not easy. We don't have no. this solved. Spoiler alert. Yeah. No, there, you, you'll out. have no answers at the end of this. Yeah. Just a long rambling conversation, but. <laughs> um, okay. So I have, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, and, and I want to keep our listeners who have like toddlers and preschoolers in mind here too, because you Obviously, your kids are grown, but you've observed them their whole life. Yes. So how do you think you know when a kid is like a like has a, a ap- what is the word like an aptitude? A, yes, an aptitude. Thank okay. you. An aptitude for something or in some in some situations, a true gift. I mean, I think yeah. there's both. We can say, oh, our kid's pretty good at that or our kid's really good at that or our kid's not very good at that. Yeah. Do you remember different ways you observed that at different yeah. times, even when they were little? Well, here's one part. Here's one thing that's tricky. And I'm I'm going to speak especially to the pre- toddler preschool moms. Yeah. Um, I know that when Jacob was little, I thought he was wonderful at everything. Yeah. Because I had nothing to compare it against. It's yeah. not even like I was so gaga over my own kid that I couldn't see reality. It was more like, wow, everything he did was cool and seemed unusual and precocious. And, and then it wasn't really until that I had another kid to compare him to that. I started to see that like, Oh, that's just, that's just what kids do. Right. Um, I think sometimes just seeing them around a lot of other kids and really paying attention without being like weird about it and competitive about it. And I think that the thing I have learned to trust the opinions of other people 
who are in some capacity doing that. Like yeah, if I someone like doesn't come out and tell me, so I have several male friends who are, um, and one of my best female friends actually is a baseball, little league baseball coach right now. Okay. Since none of them ever told me any of my kids were especially good at baseball, <laughs> I kind of know they weren't. Owen's, you got the memo. Yeah. I mean, Owen's naturally athletic. He's kind of one of those kids who's like good at whatever. Yeah. Like he pick, he does something, he's good. Yeah. But he wasn't, he didn't shine. Like he yeah. wasn't outstanding and he didn't want to be. He yeah. didn't care enough to be. Um, And you just kind of figure it out by listening to people right. talk. The problem with having a toddler or a preschooler is you don't necessarily have the context, the background. Yes everyone's still developing like yes. some kids you know how do you know if a kid is good at playing a sport when some of them can't even like walk straight yeah, they yet just aren't developmental right there so I think with that age you just gotta really just have a very open mind yeah. and encourage without having any expectations the other, the other thing is um what little kids and preschoolers and toddlers are good at I think often line up with how what kind of family activities yes. you do and so like how much they do Brian something, and I yeah. la- like Brian and I are probably the word nerdiest couple in the world right. because we're both writers and we both like words and humor that involves words and vocabulary yep. and like we're just dorks we talk about what words mean like for yeah. fun as a regular so our kids have pretty outstanding vocabularies but that's not surprising because right. they just grew up and in it doesn't house. and mine are the same way all of them if I had to say one thing two things that they were great at uh, humor uh-huh. early on and words, right. wordplay. That doesn't mean they're all going to become writers right. or linguists exactly. or whatever. Yeah. And then I think as kids get older is when sometimes you get surprised by a kid be re- being really good at something that nobody in the house yeah. does. And that's when it's kind of cool and exciting because yeah. you know, well, we didn't just nurture this and they haven't yeah. just been living and breathing this since they were born. Do you have any kids who are really terrible at something that you're good at and it came as a surprise? Well, one of my children loves to sing. We were talking about this recently. Yeah. Um, and I have very, I have really good pitch. I can say that without bragging because it's not the same as like having an amazing voice, but I just, yeah. I just can be on pitch. Um, and that comes fairly naturally to me. Um, and this singer child really loves to sing, but had terrible pitch a few years ago, mm-hmm. but it's getting better. So that's, yeah. a, that's an example of something where I was like, oh no, right. Like, we love to sing in our family. And this is like, really off key. yeah yeah um so that that was one that I can think of um I have one okay one of my kids is a terrible speller and I'm a great speller yeah, a naturally have, great speller yeah, I, I don't have that. I've never even had to think about it I spelling know. it just comes naturally to me I've never had to work at it um and this child is terrible at it and the funny thing it was so cute when they were like four mm-hmm. and everything was misspelled right. and I thought it was adorable yeah. And then they started figuring out that they weren't very good at spelling yes. and stopped writing at all, yes. which made me really, really sad. Yes. So now they're back to writing a lot. And I and it, it's always you can always tell what they're trying to say. Yeah. But like at that age and no teacher has ever said anything about right. it. So it's not a problem. Yes. It's very developmentally normal, yes. but not normal for my experience. Right. So and I have a similar situation in my house. And what I've observed, because, you know, you're a writer, I'm a writer is that actually the writing ability and um, reading comprehension and the conceptual ability is actually probably better than what I was at that age, but yeah. the spelling is not. So, you yeah. know, just whatever. <laughs> all, all people have different strengths, um, right? I was going to mention one that, um, an example of something that we haven't cultivated or nurtured or set examples of that totally took us by surprise, and that is acting. So Allegra um, had a fourth grade class play, 
And she has always been great at memorizing. She loves to listen to music and she memorizes words really easily. We knew that, but we'd never put her in acting. And even though I love the arts, I've never been, I've never acted and I've never put my kids in anything theater related. So she got in the class play, it's just the class play, but she got cast as the lead and the lead was like a narrator role. So Mm. the number of lines she had relative to everyone else was like, you know, 50 times more because she was sort of the one. And we didn't help her memorize. Like the teacher kept saying, okay, I'm going to send home a script and you can help them with, we didn't help her. I never even saw, she never needed help memorizing lines. We just show up to this play having really not like helped at all. Other than like, here's an old dress for a costume. And she was really, really good on stage. Like not, not an Academy award for her first, but first of all, the memorization was no problem. It came completely naturally. And that was kind of a surprise. And then, um, the poise and the lack of nerves. And you know how some kids get up and they, they may have their lines memorized, but they talk really fast or really, yeah. or really quiet. Yeah. Um, but yes. this like this very measured kind of, and you, you know her, she is pretty mature. She carries herself pretty mature. So it makes sense that on stage, she kind of spoke slowly and yeah. clearly. Yeah. And we were like, people were like, well, she's, up to very, us. she's very poised. Like she very, is very, and very, um, she comes off as very solemn. Yeah, she, but, but yes. because she's thinking, like I feel yes. like she's thinking hard and all the time. And I wouldn't have thought that that would translate to performing on a stage, right? But it did. It, I mean, people came up to us and were like, "Did you work on that at home?" Yeah, so wow. that was kind of cool. I That's mean, it's kind of cool when things come out that just come out of nowhere. So, so now it's like, what do we do with that? Yeah. Well, I have like almost the opposite story. Now okay. this is funny. So Clara um, is very naturally funny. Uh-huh. She's one yeah. of those people who charms everyone. She comes into a room and she just cracks wise. Yeah. She has funny little things to say. She's very she's facially so little ex- and cute. Yes. And she's got a very like a expressive face. And yeah. also, so for all those reasons, and because I love theater, I thought Clara would love theater. Right. Um, and she does love to observe it. She's she's done like little walk on parts. Uh-huh. I direct kids theater. She's done like right. little walk on. She probably and stuff. observes all the details yes and like and she loves up on all the humor she loves the older girls like there's like a lot she loves a lot about the theater life so last year I auditioned for a production of Miracle on 34th Street and in the back of my head I remember thinking how cool it would be if I got cast as Doris and she got cast as Susan now she'd never acted but I knew she could handle it yeah um well I I thought she could mm-hmm. handle it right so she came in and refused to audition she wouldn't do it she froze mm-hmm. and didn't want to get up and read in front of everyone she felt really self-conscious um, Ruby, my niece, who to that moment had never shown any interest at all whatsoever yeah. in acting, blew everybody away and got cast as Susan. So it was just really, really funny. Right. So I ended up playing with my niece who looks exactly like me, which was really cute. And the director, you know, went up to Clara and said, I'll still cast you. You don't have to audition. You can still be in it. And Clara said, no, thank you. I don't think this is for me. Like, just like that. Like Great. she just figured it out. And, and then I, I said, oh, well, do you, are you interested in all? She's like, well, I like theater. Maybe I would do costumes or uh-huh. like help you be yeah. your assistant director. And I was like, okay. But it was, it actually kind of took a, me aback and I yeah. had to readjust my yeah. thinking. Like, oh, so just because she has all these characteristics yes. doesn't mean it translates. Yes. J- and which is like the exact Right. And the opposite inverse. of Allegra, she didn't have, she doesn't have a lot of outward characteristics that make her seem like she'd be a stage performer. Right. She's, she's, yeah, she's measured. She's kind of serious. Yeah. She's not a ham. She's not a ham at all. So anyway. And isn't it funny that the only way you found that out is because she happened to have a class play? Well, yeah. And let's kind of let's let's go deeper with that. So now that I know this, um, that's where the question is. So like you've recognized a talent or an aptitude in a kid. I am I fall on the less 
pushy side of things. Coincidentally, I had signed her up for a musical theater camp this summer because it's right by our house and they're doing Hamilton and she loves Hamilton. Yeah. So that she's actually already no signed up for yeah. that. Um, it's not a very, uh, I don't think they'll get a lot of like acting coaching. It's not like serious yeah. um, at all. But I am curious. I don't know anything about theater for kids until they get into like junior high and high school. So, so as somebody yeah. who has directed yes. kids theater, um, I think it depends a lot on the program. I think at her age, what I experienced and witnessed is it's super fun for kids to do a show, but in the, in those programs, they get very little instruction at that exactly. age. Exactly. Because you're, fo- especially if it's one of those where like there's like kids from six to exactly 16 or something. Totally. Everyone's focusing on the leads and the bigger yeah. kids because that's what you have. You have yeah. to put all these bodies on a stage and make it work. Yeah. It becomes crowd control. Right. Exactly. Um, and like choreography, basically yes. blocking and yeah, yeah, which is great and a great experience. I think I think a camp is great because it's kind of like a br- abbreviated version right. of that, and then you get as much as you're going to get out of it and yeah. move on. But honestly, at her age, take her to shows, play yes. music in the house, let her like try silly little things yes. out. Let her just let her put on skits with her friends. I just think that you learn yes. so much at that age. You don't, even though I, I know also a lot of parents love the fact that they could drop their kids off on a Saturday from 830 to 130 and theater kids are the best kids. I yes. will just, I will maintain that forever. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. By any means at all. I think it's a great program, but it's a couple hundred bucks. Right. It's your Saturdays that you and really value not, as a parent having your kids around on Saturdays. It's not like a pursuit where you're going to lose a lot of time. No. If she's a natural actress. I would. Yeah. I would also look for smaller productions at community theaters yeah. and try to get her in that. Yeah. And those rather than the big kids theater. She, she would lo- get more one on one attention yeah. and more of a. Pr- and also, I think there's a lot of value in kids being around older and adult older actors. kids and adult actors. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. And she also, she has a pretty mature understanding of stories and plots. She always asks, what does that mean? Or why? Like, so I almost think like she, I would love for her to watch some great plays or movies, yeah. like start to become almost like a student of. Yes, for great sure. Acting. I and would totally agree. I'm Take so her to con- see stuff. Yeah. I've Have been her so- write plays. Like all yeah. of that stuff is like, that's where she's going to learn the craft of it too. And not just like, I'm here with my friends to go play right. around on stage. Okay. For so I think hours. we're arriving. If there's a takeaway, it is that when you notice a, an aptitude or a talent in your kid, the temptation and the culture we live in is to go out and sign up for that thing. But to find that thing, Google it. And yeah. Find and the, go the, to the closest one to your house. Well, and the, the, the one that's sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for here? That's been like the stamp of approval yeah, on like it for a, you. I've created this for you. Right. But you don't have, there's so many ways around that. Yes. And often what you're getting in that isn't necessarily what's going to nurture the talent right I think and that's true for all different kinds of pursuits I mean I with the dance background I would say it's the same thing like with little kids especially I I have a real hard time with the way little kid dance classes are run it used to be more of creative movement and like play based just like you know preschool is play based and now it's ballet and tap with an expensive recital costume we've been through we this, went we ranted yes, about yes. this I think I got more grumpy about that than I've been in a long time <laughs> well, so you I want to relive that my grumpy train <laughs> um but by the same token if a if a child boy or girl loves to dance just like you were saying I think you know musicality creative play creative movement mm-hmm. um there's so many years to get into technical dance right and so um you might have a kid who's a natural performer um, but the program, the quote unquote programs that are seem so well suited, mm-hmm. sometimes I think they could even suck the joy out of yeah. it or like burn that kid out before they're ready. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I think sports, um, there's a lot of, yes. um, 
a lot of parallels. Yep. I know right now where I live, it's becoming difficult to get on teams if you're not also doing travel and all that right. kind of thing. And that is to some degree, that's just the fact of the world we live in, even right. though I want to resist it. Um, but I honestly can tell, and I've talked to my friends who are baseball coaches, you can tell the kids who just throw a ball around the backyard with their mom or dad. Like, yeah. The, you know, like the ones who are doing it and loving it, it's sometimes it's sometimes more apparent and in their skills yeah. than kids who are inexpensive programs and all that stuff. Right. So sometimes it's obvious sometimes when the parents want it more than the kid and mm-hmm. the kid doesn't actually want to put the time in. And that's right. when you start to, it doesn't matter how naturally gifted or talented right. or athletic they are or whatever their skill is um, or their gift. It's like they have to want it. Right. And if they don't, nothing you do is going to make them right pursue it or better at it or right. yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, so we've talked about we've talked about a couple of good things. Another question I was going to ask is, and I feel like you're naturally good at this with your kids, but can you think of some ways to sort of nurture talents within the home or within a without going out and signing up for a program? But like Owen with his yo-yo, yeah, or like when a kid when that, when that spark is lit and you see the spark lit, what are little yeah. things we can do without spending a bunch of money? Or going and signing up for a bunch of things to to show that kid that that's important that we yeah. see that in them. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it's just uh, being involved in it and noticing it. I mean, yeah. I think Owen might not have gotten as into the yo-yo. First of all, if I thought a yo-yo was dumb and silly, yeah, then he might have. Well, first of all, he wouldn't have ever gotten a good yo-yo. Right. He would have had his <laughs> drugstore Duncan, right, and not not even known right there was this other world. Yes. Um, encouraging him he likes to put a little videos on Instagram yeah. and stuff and I'm always like those are awesome yeah. like show me that move again show me that yeah. move again and him he gets frustrated and can't yeah. get it and you know doesn't want to show me and eventually he gets over it and he yeah. does um so I just I think there's lots I think sometimes it's just our attitude towards stuff can make yes. a big difference I'll give a, anything we have to do you know I'll give a cooking example and I've talked on this show how Allegra really likes cooking she she loves food and she loves the idea of cooking and she loves eating. Okay. But she has trouble with um, like the executive functioning required to follow through on a cooking project. And okay. that's partly just the way she's wired and partly developmental. She's right. just still she's 10. Yeah. So it's been a little bit of a weird tension where she'll say, I want to cook something this weekend. And in my head, sometimes I'm like, mm, okay. Right. And so I guess what I have done on my good days when I am playing the role of it, yeah. like a good talent nurturer. Um, I might need to sit down with her, uh, have her spend the time to look through the cookbooks, choose something, walk her through making a yeah. grocery list. Like she can't get yet to, she has the natural interest and she's pretty good. She has great um, like natural instincts for flavor. She could probably be a really good cook, but developmentally and even personality wise, there's some gaps there. So I think what we can do is number one, like you said, show interest and, and, prioritize the time if it if it takes me out of whatever I'm doing for a half an hour to sort of help her plan this out Brian takes her to the store they get some ingredients Mm -hmm. maybe we spend a little money on ingredients that are gonna not turn out into like the most amazing meal um and then help her follow through because I think otherwise her experience is that she didn't follow through didn't feel good about it and might even lose interest in cooking, yeah. which could be okay, but it might be a missed opportunity. So yeah. I think that's another way to just, just with your time and attention to help them see, do I have the stamina for this? Like, do yeah. I, if Owen got frustrated with the yo-yo right away and he didn't have that family culture that said, no, this is important. Let's yeah. try it again. Let me see it again. 
he might not have done it. Right. Uh, I'm glad you brought up executive functioning um, <laughs> because some what you know it's it's about time and interest. It's also about uh, providing space and materials. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's wrapped up in that. But um, Clara is a, an excellent artist. Now she has not taken art class. Mm-hmm. She thinks she took like one. They have something called Rem, Young Rembrandts or something mm-hmm. that's a school. I think it's a maybe a nationwide program. Yes, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done um, it, but I didn't yeah. know. I thought maybe it was just the same. And name it's or not something. cheap, um, but it's not too bad. And it's you know, like I think it's like eighty bucks for a session. It's eight yeah. weeks. After Art classes school. in general are expensive. Yeah, well, they have supplies are expensive. Yeah. Um, I think that may be the only formal art training she's done besides just what she does in school which by yeah. the way art programs in schools have gotten really good so yeah. I mean when I think back to some of the crap I did in art class as a kid and I look at what some of the stuff my kids bring home I'm we amazed. have great art at our school too I'm did really I lucky. show you that wood that windowsill picture that I have at my house with all the crazy little clay things my kids have made over the years they're no. all awesome oh, like they're some I, of my rem- favorite yeah. things yeah yeah so anyway um one thing that I have had to do with her though and to kind of help her help herself in her old house we had this long shelf. Yeah, I remember the her back little windows. window room. Yeah. And that was her craft area. Before that, they're in my office because I liked to keep an eye on her when I was mm-hmm. working. And so I set her up at this table with, and it was basically she took over the table and had bins and yeah. boxes and things for her stuff and baskets. Um, I had to keep help her keep it clean. Yeah. Because if she couldn't keep it, like she right. is a hoarder. Yeah. She has little bits of paper yeah. cut up all the time. Yeah. And she draws little tiny things on them and they're scattered everywhere and she's got crayons everywhere. And if I could watch and see that if her area started to get too cluttered, she would stop going to it. If she couldn't find a place to spread out, she wouldn't go there anymore. Um, So I really took it upon myself to every month or two, like just help her clean it. And I'd give her a bag and say, okay, it's always funny when you, some kids who have a hard time getting rid of stuff. I would say, so um, I want you to go through and find at least 20 things to throw away. I know you can do it. And it would take her like an hour and a half yeah. to find 20. Yeah. And there's junk yeah, everywhere. It's, garbage. it's yeah. garbage, but she couldn't do it. So that was one thing. Um, every now and then I would just run. I wouldn't take her. Yeah. Because that's just opening up a whole new can yeah. of worms. So I'd go to Michael's. Yeah. And just buy some new yeah. stuff for her yeah. to play with. And she'd come home and it was like Christmas. Like yeah. she was like a grab bag. Yes. She had no idea what she was going to get. So it's just papers and yes. markers. Um, And then when we moved into a much smaller space where she doesn't have that luxury anymore. She doesn't have like a huge art room yeah. where she's got all the space. But the first thing we did was set up her easel. Right. And her desk with her art supplies. And she's still in there creating and drawing every day. It's not the same space. Yeah. But like it had to be. Yeah, and you have a long history now of sort of modeling for her that taking care of that space is important, that the daily practice of doing your art is important. The cool thing about that is the likelihood of of her being like a professional painter probably isn't high, but there's so many life skills built into that. And the message about valuing your mm-hmm. your art and your creativity making yeah. time for it taking care of your space yeah i love it there's so I, many good i do believe she will grow up and in some way create some yeah. kind of art i just at this point i have no idea what that's right. gonna look like but um and yeah like on christmas day this year and last year both years on christmas day we spent two hours on christmas afternoon cleaning because yeah. she got new art supplies oh and you gotta and you gotta make room old. and so it was like it just felt like the day to do it and yeah yeah so i mean it you know that's one thing that i think fell into by accident but yeah. I've seen the impact yeah. of it okay we this is really awesome um I have one more question before we take our next sponsor break and that is about labeling kids uh especially as it relates to siblings because I think everybody knows you're not supposed to say oh Reed's the brainy one and Violet's right. the athletic one and um we know that 
But right. I think this is a really hard thing to actually, you might not be like yeah. saying it in those words, mm-hmm. but when you have different kids with different talents, on the one hand, you want to celebrate and acknowledge those unique abilities. Yeah. So in our family, we do say things like you are just, you know, this is really awesome that you love this so much. And that's kind of a natural talent of yours. And we, we say things like, you know, everybody just, some things are easy. Some things come easy to yep. some people and hard for other people. It doesn't mean we can't all enjoy them. But right. it all evens out in the wash, right? Like we yeah. all have things that are harder for us. And so I think I I do a pretty good job of hammering that message in to our kids. But I think when you notice a talent, this gets tricky because on the one hand, nurturing and supporting and celebrating an ability is great, but you don't want to pigeonhole your kids. Right. You don't want that kid to feel pressure that like, well, I guess I'm the athletic one. Yeah. So I better, that's what I've got to do. Do you have any thoughts? I, yeah. Well, first of all, I think this is one of those things that sounds great in theory, like the don't ever say this or that. And then in practice, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. Um, I think they're different. I think where it becomes problematic is the words the and one. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. the athletic right. one. Right. If you removed the and uh-huh. one and just said she's athletic. Right. It's true. Yeah. And there's room for two or three or four athletic kids in a family. And I've noticed having five kids, there's almost not enough things for people to be naturally good at that it wouldn't repeat. By that, I mean, it would be hard for me to (laughs) To be the only one to be the only one who's good at art in some way, you know, and whatever in whatever capacity. And there's subtleties. There's room. First of all, there's room for more than one kid in a household. In fact, sometimes you have entire families that are all great at music or great at whatever. Um, and I actually envy those families because I always wanted a Partridge family <laughs> band. But um, I, I, this is very complex, but I guess I'm going to back into it a little bit. Okay. One, you don't know what your kids are going to be good at later. And there's so much time. Isaac picked up a guitar two years ago, has not put it down since. And he was 16. Up, he was 16. Up until then, I did not know he had any special interest in music. He, I think, did orchestra for like one semester right. and dropped out. He did choir for one semester and right. dropped out in middle school, didn't enjoy it. Um, he, I didn't think he cared and he found his aptitude later yeah. and I didn't have to say anything. Right. So that's one, right. one thing to keep in mind. Um, two, I think that other kids in, in, this, in my family have been interested in things like art in a more uh, transient way. Yeah. But still very talented. They kind of got into it for a little mm-hmm. bit and got out. Claire is in. She's mm-hmm. all in. Yeah. But that's her. She yeah. can, you know, do that. And then, I mean, I guess it's just like how you speak about it. Well, another. Without yeah. excluding anybody. Exactly. So yeah. the excluding part is that the kid who you're not talking about could infer or or assume that because you're, yeah. you know, you know, one kid is particularly um, good at something that that means that they're not and of yeah. course that's not true but that's the tricky part yeah um, but the other thing is maybe it helps I'm thinking I'm deciding this as I say it out loud I'm thinking out loud but maybe it helps to shift the conversation to you know what I want my kids to know is what you put your love and energy behind yes. grows and gets better yep regardless of natural ability so Having a kid who, I mean, reads a classic example of once he gets into something. Remember when he visited last time he was into those paper toy yes. things? So they're these, they, they pop out of a booklet and you fold them like origami, only it's a, it's a template. It's like yeah. a pre thing and you need a little bit of glue. So we went through like 80 glue sticks and he would sit there, but he's, he spends the time and he has the focus. So he gets good at things. So that's maybe what's praiseworthy and not that, oh, he's the engineer in our family. Right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's because... It's what interests him and where he puts his time. And I think all my kids can get that that message eventually that where you put your 
time and love yes. and energy that that grows and improves no matter if it was like it dropped out of the sky and you're just naturally gifted at yeah. it or if you have to hurt work harder at it because even naturally gifted people are going to get better if they put in the effort do you know what I mean yeah totally and I think too there's there's something to be said for just paying attention and seeing where your kids interests go and yeah. making sure that that gets um supported yeah and noticed uh and I think too that sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to never say anything that could ever be construed yeah. to our kid is the wrong thing or like right. or limiting in any way. And, and it's got to be equal and, for everybody. And it's yeah. that's just unrealistic. I yeah. mean, the fact is not everybody in my family was going to get into music or art or right. theater or sports yeah. or whatever. And I don't feel that by like, you know, saying to Will like, hey, I see you working really hard on football this year, like that that was in any way limiting to Owen. It's, right. I think the more kids you have, the more stuff like that stops mattering. Yes. Because <laughs> you just see how much there is to go around. Yeah. And how many people there are that can all like get like I, I always tell my kids like yeah, there's a lot of you. Uh-huh. So you need to make your voice heard. Yeah. You got to get in my face if yeah. you want something and let me know. <laughs> and so they've all been great about that. Yeah. Like, they've all been really good. I don't I don't feel like any of them have missed an opportunity that they really wanted. Right. Which isn't to say they've done everything they could have done because almost certainly there are things any one of my kids could have been great at that they never got yep. the chance to do. And that's life. That's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say on this topic before we take our break is um, there will always be a kid whose natural abilities are more immediately apparent to the outside world. Yes. So if you think of like, let's say there's a family of a bunch of kids and most of them have mousy brown straight hair and one of them has ringlet red yes. curls. That hair is going to be what everybody talks about first. Yep. And the same yep. is true of talent. Um, so I do think it's great to create a family culture where you make sure you're celebrating the lesser seen talents. Yep. And we have that. this academically in our, like we have one child who's always noticed right away for the outward academic strengths. But our other kids are actually have some really, really strong academic strengths. They just don't come out on standardized tests or right. like the first day of school assessment or like, you know, so I, that's challenge. It's, I'm just saying it's challenging, but I think that's where creating your family culture to just celebrate everybody's different abilities, even if they're not the ones that, the, that's immediately recognizable, like gold star in the outside world. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. Let's take a sponsor break. We're going to talk about prep dish. Yay. So we're in the middle of summer, guys. Megan and I are hot <laughs> as we record this. And let me Literally tell you. Hot. Yeah. Well, you guys have heard us talk about prep dish. The basic idea is you get a grocery list and a meal plan to your email. You do the shopping and you do the prep work all at once. Maybe that's on a Sunday afternoon, but maybe because summer switches up our schedule. Maybe that's early in the morning on a weekday when it's cool. And then the idea is all your onions are chopped. All your marinades are made. Things are in nice, neat containers in your fridge. And when it comes time to put dinner together that week, you're pulling stuff out and it's coming together in about 15 minutes and these are really healthy meals so they have gluten-free and paleo and I have my eye on grilled shrimp kebabs with goat cheese cucumber and grilled peach salad this week oh that sounds really yeah, good yeah because it's seasonal right yeah. so Allison is the founder and she works really hard to make sure that the menus are seasonal so you, it just takes the think work out of it and you're able to batch that work so that your summer evenings yeah, how you want. Well, and our summer schedules are all different, um, and we don't all do it exactly the same. So you get to decide yep. when is the day that you have a few hours 
to get all this done so that dinner comes together really quickly and yep. easily for you the rest of the week. So I love that. Um, we are going to give you your first two weeks free. Love it. So go to prepdish.com slash the mom hour to get the deal from founder Allison, a free two week trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash the mom hour and you're going to get two weeks for free. Love it. Okay. Jumping back in. Yeah. Because we need to talk about letting kids quit. Yes. And I thought we could start with this question of what happens when a kid is talented at something, truly talented, but doesn't love it? Okay. So I I have a personal experience that I'll talk to you about this. Okay. And Clara um, took gymnastics. Right. I was thinking, because we've talked about Owen and baseball and that was similar too. Yeah. Right? Well, but I, Owen, we Owen quitting baseball made me kind of sad because he was so adorable in his, <laughs> in his uniform. So that's a different topic. He was so cute. I just can't take it. He had like jacks his pants like way, hikes him way, way up. <laughs> so there's hardly any shirt. Like the shirt blouses out like around his third oh rib. And then it was like an old time constant high yeah. waters. And also Owen quitting baseball was more like me going, oh, he's so athletic. Like I wish there was something he could really pour that energy into. Right. But he doesn't really care. He yeah. likes what he likes and that's not it. And the other thing was um, all of his friends and cousins and everybody played. So like a big part of our summer social yeah. life was baseball yeah. for a long time. And now that's starting to change because everyone's getting older everybody, and kids are falling yeah. out that yeah. aren't really all in. I bet you by next year, like two of the kids that we knew who yeah. did it all that time would be out. But I kind of made him do this last season yeah. and it was purely selfish. I was like, Oh, and it's like eight games. There wasn't, it wasn't a long season. And I was like, please just for me. And he, and he complained every single time, but I think I bribed him in some way. Let's, I bought him off. Let's be honest that, uh, I would say 50% of my excitement about kids activities is how they're going to look, how yes. adorable they're going to look and whatever yeah. they're wearing. Yeah. We do Taekwondo and it's just not, I mean, it's fine. They yeah. look fine, but it's not the most cute. And well, no, it's not. No, like it's those, just, yeah, yeah there's pajamas whatever. with a belt. Um, but something that I will say that's different, and I love I love performing arts. Obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm an art-leaning person, and so I, yes. I like that my kids tend to lean that way. But there is something about a sports event. I like baseball. Uh-huh. And there's something so exciting about seeing your kids swing a bat and hit it and hit the ball and there or can get be the run. some really positive culture around yes. cheering rooting yeah. teamwork and and I'm the same we lean arts and then martial arts is very individualized yes. so we have also leaned away from team sports but there's a lot of really positive things especially with good coaches there's yeah. some yes not some really good are. things too but so then okay so then I'll talk about Clara really quick yeah. because there's actually there's some parallels here okay. um Clara was I feel could have been a very gym, gifted gymnast 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 gymnastics person gymnast um, she's very, very, very bendy and yes. flexible and her body type is like, she's got the powerful legs. Yes. I don't know and, where. And she's yeah. short. She's I mean, shorter. She's, yeah. Yes. And she's little. Compact. Yeah. She's compact. Yes. She's got muscular legs and a butt. And like, she just looks like somebody who could really go for it. And I've watched her and I think she's good. Like she always got great comments from her coaches. Yada, yada, yada. She got bored. Mm-hmm. She didn't feel the classes were moving fast enough for her. She got bored. Like the, this um, gym she was going to like kind of everyone hangs out in an age group in a level. and then everyone kind of passes some skill together. Oh, interesting. So it just takes, and yeah. not, and not every, like kids do move on before other kids, but I, I don't think their model encourages kids to get to really advance quickly until you go to the competitive. Okay. And okay. I was pretty convinced that was never going to be something I was super yeah. interested in yeah. anyway, but right. I was bummed when Claire didn't want to do it. And I think the lessons I learned from that is a, um, not every kid's a joiner. 
Yeah. Clara and Owen, neither of them are particularly interested in team sports. They like to do their own things. Yeah. They don't like the feeling that they're on someone else's timeline. Right. Or being held back. Now, maybe if Clara had taken individual lessons or something, right. that would have been fine. But gymnastics was not something I wanted to put that kind of money into right. um, or time into, really. And the other thing is, she neither in ne- both cases, neither of them cared. It wasn't like this was something they were being deprived from. Right. Um. So they both, I let them quit. And this was after years mm-hmm. for both of them of doing something. Did- All that said, I maybe Owen will play in high school. Right. Or maybe Clara will be a cheerleader or a dancer. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things that those skills Absolutely. could translate to later. So I'm trying not to focus too much on that. Did you, um, I think we've talked about the Owen one. You've, you've told that story before, but with Clara did, um, was it like a conversation where like, did you say you need to stick it out till the end of this session or did you, was it like, was it a quick decision or was it one that happened over time? She'd been kind of, she'd been kind of saying she wasn't super into it for a while. Um, and then her cousin quit. Mm-hmm which was kind of the death knell. And then our Saturday morning, she just got busier. Mm -hmm. And then it came up on the end of it. It's just a month by month there. So it kind of came up on the end of the month and I had to either tell them we were stopping so they wouldn't charge me for the next month or not. And then we just did. Yeah. So it was actually very anticlimactic. Like she'd been like her, her interest had been waning. She went and was good natured enough about it, but wasn't loving it. And then the day her cousin wasn't there, she was like, meh, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. And so that was the end of that. Right. So it just fizzled. Um, so I guess we have a few notes here on letting kids quit. And the, the short answer is it's not so simple. It's not yeah. just, I am a mom who doesn't let my kids quit yes. or I am a mom who totally lets my kids quit. The answer as always is it depends. Um, so here's a couple of things for me that it depends on, but it depends on so many factors, but one is who wanted to do the activity in the first place. Yes. Um, if it was totally kid driven, I'm pretty inclined to let them quit as long as we make it to the end of whatever the commitment and, is and I'm yeah. pretty good about making sure at the beginning at the sign up of something that they know what the commitment is yeah. so this is an eight-week program or this is a you know a team season that goes until x so I would not probably let a kid let's say there was a soccer season that was like I think AYSO is like 10 weeks mm-hmm. I would probably not let one of my kids if they had wanted to do that I would probably not let them quit unless we just had really a toxic coaching relationship or something where it was like affecting our true mental health. Otherwise I'd say, sorry, Charlie, you, you made the commitment. Um, if it's an activity I wanted and the two that I've talked about in our house are piano and swim right now are right now. Those are mom driven activities. They're things. Those are also pretty individual, right? So like them quitting piano isn't putting anyone else out, anyone else out it isn't but I'm not letting them quit piano. you're not gonna let them quit okay. not for a while okay so to me found uh piano and swim are like two foundational skills that I have decided I want my yeah. kids to have swim is not like a big thing like we don't even do it year-round I just put whoever in lessons that I think needs to improve you know we live by the ocean yeah I just want in fact nobody did lessons last summer because both Reed and Violet were water safe and I was like this is great and then this summer I realized you know they really need to know their strokes like they actually yeah. need if they ever wanted to do a little swim team down the road they don't they just doggy paddle and that could go on for forever if we don't because I'm not going to teach that that keeps you uh from drowning but it's not swimming right it's not (laughs) swimming and it it, in the ocean it really doesn't keep you exactly yeah so um so I put them back in and so that's a mom chosen activity and piano won't be that way forever I'm not gonna if nobody has asked to quit piano yet it's just the older two who are in it Allegra really wanted voice lessons and she was trying to lobby to switch to voice and I said no 
because I, I wanted you to have the foundation of piano. She ended up getting some voice lessons, a, a, a finite period of voice lessons from my parents for her birthday. So she'll do both for a little bit. Um, but eventually I will let my kids quit piano. I just want them to have a little a more rudimentary foundation, foundation and I haven't yeah. decided how much and we have a piano at home we love our piano studio yeah. um now the other thing is there's there's middle ground you can take breaks you can negotiate yes. with your kids and say you know I'm hearing that you feel really busy right now and that it's too much to have piano and ta- taekwondo so let's look at the schedule and let's decide to take the fall off from piano but I would like you to go back you know so yeah. like there's there's ways to negotiate it but those are two that I wouldn't whereas the things that they want to try I probably would let them quit as long as they got to the end of the as, and as long yeah. as they're not in my with those kinds of things as long as other people won't be affected by you right. deciding you don't want to do something anymore right. if you've committed you've committed right. I actually have things to say about both swim and piano okay um piano I took piano as a kid I did not stick with it I regret that because I do think it's limiting I there's I would love to sit down at a piano and be able to yeah play the way I used to I could get it back I had yeah. enough foundation I yeah. think I played for two or three years so yeah. not a lot but I sang so much that you <clears throat> you've seen sheet music but there's something about being able to play a yeah. song on the piano um Owen or William and ja- uh, his ja- cousin Jack just started taking voice lessons from a guy that did the musical directing for Annie uh-huh. when I was the director and we asked him my brother and I were talking in the other room like how much how necessary is it for uh a voice teacher, a uh-huh. musical director to be able to play piano. And I said, you know, honestly, I think it's completely necessary yeah. because you're at a huge disadvantage if you can't. You yes. can't teach a kid how to sing a song if you can't yes. play the song on the piano and accompany them. And so we asked um, Andrew's his name and he said, yeah, like that he had resisted as a mm-hmm. kid, as a kid, but was really glad. So that actually gave me conviction. We have a really nice uh, digital piano. It's yeah. not like a it's but it's like a full size weighted yes. keys, yes. 88 key um, keyboard. And Isaac kind of had it in his in the basement for a long time and I think I'm gonna lobby to have it back upstairs yeah. and and get everyone playing so that's piano um and I'd like to take lessons again I think this is like an important yeah and it's I'm different just, than singing as well because you have to know where the note is on yes. a instrument is different it's like learning to read before you read to learn to write or something yeah. like it's just foundational mm-hmm. and yet I just wanted to add and then keep going but I just wanted to add that I've talked to multiple adults who are either glad they were forced or wished, like you, wish yeah. that they had been forced. I have also talked to some adults who were forced probably past when they, and it kind of sucked the, the yeah. joy. And that's into the high school years. Yeah. Like kids who took lessons every week from when they were five to 18. Yeah, there's always that middle ground, right? Yeah. And I do I do think I have the foundation. I think if I decided right now that I wanted to start playing a piano again, I totally could. Like, yeah. I could teach. I could teach myself now. Yeah. Um, if anything, I would say I just wish... Not that I'd stuck with the same piano teacher that I had. I think I wish that someone had found me a different teacher. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I outgrew her. Yeah, I didn't like the music I was playing. Yeah. So there was a there was like a there was an option C. And that's that's a stay that's quit great. or option C, yeah, right? And that's yeah. Megan always likes the option C, I but do. that's great for not just your memory of being a kid, but for us to think about with our own kids as yeah. well. Is maybe it's not quitting. Maybe it's finding a different teacher. Yep. or a different schedule or yeah. taking a break. Yeah, okay. you were gonna say something. Okay, else. so swimming. So Clara took swim lessons or like a swim class at the YMCA when she was. I'm gonna say six. I'm gonna say that I might be wrong. Might have been longer. We're just ago. gonna say it. But I'm gonna say six. Old enough that I felt she should be a better swimmer. Mm-hmm. Other kids in the family had all just not kind of like yeah. learned how to swim. She was afraid of the water. Yeah. Um, she took a class, was sobbing at the end, and I sat down on a bench with her and was 
trying to get her to tell me what was going on. And the instructor came and sat on oh. the other side and got in my face. I remember this. And started telling me that Clara needed to go in the, in the water and like that she was fine and there was nothing to worry about. And I finally, I'm usually too polite in these situations. And I finally turned to this woman and I said, you're not helping. I've got it. And she got up and walked away. And I let Clara quit because yeah. she was traumatized. Yes. I saw what, like, when she told me about it, I knew what had happened. Yeah. She didn't want to go in. This woman yeah. forced her in. Yeah. And I thought, if I push this, I'm going to make it yep. so much worse. So I didn't. And that was the summer. And it was really hard because her cousins were taking lessons and doing awesome. Yeah. And they were the fearless kids who were jumping yeah. off the diving board without bubbles. And, yeah. you know, and everybody likes to talk about what their kids are good at. And so yeah. I'm hearing over and over what everyone else's yeah. kids are so good at. And I and Clara sat on the ladder that entire my friend had a pool and Clara did not go in. She would kind of sit with her legs in the water and wouldn't go in. But the next summer she just got in and did it and has and is a good swimmer now. And now I would take her back for real lessons. Like now that she's comfortable, she can swim. She can backstroke. Like She can do that stuff. She's not strong. And I live by Lake Michigan. So I agree. It's a vital skill. Um, She needed time. Okay, she needed time. She probably needed a different teacher. She needed a different teacher. And let me tell you, um, this is one of those things where I'm like, have I said this on the podcast before? Maybe, but it doesn't matter, guys. You you can you can handle a little repeat or you're new to us. Um, let me tell you my thoughts on tough love swim teachers because I have seen <laughs> Yes. I've seen it done really well. Yeah. Where they are um they listen and are empathetic to the tears. Because if you think you're gonna teach multiple kids to swim without tears, yeah. my hat is off to you. Um Many kids are afraid of the water, afraid of going underwater, don't like swim lessons. And you get to decide as a mom if you if this is the right summer for you to endure the tears, right. like sleep training or every, anything right. else. Like you don't have to go through that, but you might want to go through that to get to the other side. Yeah. And I have seen it done really lovingly, really well, but also no nonsense, no choice. We had the best Arizona swim teacher and she was intimidating. She was like, she was not mean, but she was firm. But if you watched her with the kids, they responded better to that firmness. You better believe that they had to put their face underwater and she was going to make them make them do it but she listened she would negotiate with them she'd say you do it two more times and we could be done or whatever so I would say I would say just because your kid cries at swim lessons it doesn't mean that that's necessarily a bad program or a bad teacher but watch and see how they handle the tears because I think you in your gut it's hard to see our kids cry but it's a lot easier for me to see my kids cry if I believe that the instructor is like they know it's part of it. That's yeah. what a good swim instructor will do is they've had so many crying kids that it right. doesn't phase them. Yeah. And they are, they can be like kind and empathetic and also like teach your kid to swim. Right. You can't just, you can't just let the crying kid be in charge. And I'm not talking about Clara that yeah, day. Yeah. That is a different situation, but well, and I think too, it's, it's knowing your kid, right? Yep. So like I, Every kid comes to a conclusion differently. Yep. Claire is not someone who can be forced. Right. She's not someone who can be reasoned into right. something. She has to come to that decision on her own and yep. she will. And but she was sometimes old enough it to... takes a long time. And that's an yeah. older age. I think the criers yeah. that I am talking about are like when I put my like three-year-old schoolers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And They're I was just like, afraid. we just have to get through this. Yeah. And sometimes it took two or three weeks yeah. of lessons. Um, one time Reed cried on the way to swim every time for like three weeks. And Violet was a newborn baby who also cried in the car. They just remember this. Oh, I just boy, had one of those flashbacks. Miserable. Yeah. Like I didn't even want to go because he was crying the whole way. Yeah. And she cried because she cried on every car trip. So we just yeah. cried a lot. Um, but I do think to your point that if there's another adult who's in charge of something that's sensitive for your kid and that adult makes your hackles go up. Yeah. 
Yes. There's a reason for yes, that. Yes, agree. You know, whether or not that might be the best teacher for like yes. 20 other kids. Yep. But if it's like, if your immediate gut reaction is like, right. get out of my face, yeah. like, <laughs> also, it's probably not good. I know we say this all the time, but you guys have time. If, if swim is truly traumatizing, and I really believe it is, swim lessons are really traumatizing for a lot of kids. It is possible to sit on the steps like mm-hmm. Clara did until you're seven or eight and then mm. get a really good, yeah. get a really good teacher. They'll learn yeah. to swim. Yeah. They'll be a good swimmer. Well, and if they're comfortable, they start, they start venturing off yeah. the ladder. They start yeah. splashing. They start some, some, I think it's just kids come to things all different ways. Yeah. That's just the way I would it's say like it. We've like, talked about riding a two wheeler yeah. bike too. Like same thing. Like we get it in our head that they should by a certain age. And then you're like, well, why? Right. Like, right. They have no interest or right. it's not or, worth it right now. Right. And when they, yeah. Anyway, um, I feel like we veered off a little bit there, but in a good, not really in a good way. Um, do we have anything left to say about letting kids quit? No. We do it sometimes. We don't do it other times. It depends. Uh, yeah, it depends. <laughs> I think it as, as with everything. I'd love to hear from, I know we have listeners. We have a lot of new mom listeners, but I know we have a lot of listeners with middle and high school kids. I'd love to hear from listeners who kids are in a, like, let's say a varsity school sport where it's now we're talking like they've been doing this for several years. Right. They have a team that depends on them. They were potentially looking at doing this in college yeah, because that happens and they it, does. It, it gets to be too much and they want to quit. And I know that is a, that's a whole other podcast episode. It, it really yeah. is. Um, I just have to tell you really quick that you have a note in our um, outline about showing kids the value of dabbling. <laughs> yes. And I read it as the value of dabbing. <laughs> I mean, my kids know the value of dabbing. Uh, my kids they would dab like, all over the place. They would like to dab at every opportunity. <laughs> I feel that dabbing has little value, but sometimes it can be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, the kids have, have seen the value of dabbing. But dabbling, you're right, it does. It's, it looks like dabbing. Um, yeah, that was our final note is like we are in a parenting culture that tells us the kids have got to specialize early. There's yes. all these amazing programs and resources and camps, which is great. Um, but I think we have to push back against that sometimes. Um, and make sure our kids know that it's okay to meander your way through yeah, finding. Try something and you yeah. might just be okay at it or it's really totally bad at great it. to be okay great. at something. Yeah. I actually think it's way better for kids to enjoy doing something they're mediocre at yeah. than Agreed. to worry that they've got to be perfect at everything they do. And so. ultimately, you know, the vast majority of anybody who's listening, and you might not think it's you, but the vast majority of the people listening right now, their kids are not going to go on to pro, semi-pro, college <laughs> scholarships, Correct. any of those things, right? So the the stakes are not as high as we think right. that they are. The stakes really aren't. You, you're going to have a fulfilling, rich life when you get to try things that interest you, yes. not because you got to excel at something yes. with an end like with yes. the at some point yes. there is a natural end yeah. to it or a forced end to it and ultimately you're the parent yeah you yes. get to decide yes not it's my favorite. yeah you're it's the usually parent. what I say you get to decide yeah you get yeah. to decide so yeah you do guys um okay before we wrap we're gonna do our end of show segment which is called cue it up and that is where we take you into a show from our archives that we think you might enjoy um, often it's not related at all to what we're talking about. And in this case, it is not. Um, but I would like to recommend episode 99, which was from April 25th of 2017. So if you're listening to this in real time, like a year and a half ago or a year and a quarter ago, and it's called Body Confidence as a Mom, which that mm, title kind of says it all. But the one thing I'll say about that episode is it it wasn't like a typical cliche conversation where you and I are like, oh, we've got to embrace the postpartum pooch. Like, no, it really got, got into, yeah, yeah, it got into like, there's, there's a weird 
uh, tension between accepting the body that you have that is no longer your 25-year-old pre-kid self, but also taking care of the body that you have, which may mean exercising more or prioritizing, you know, whatever. So uh, that was a good one. April 25th, 2017. So if you're in your podcast app right now, you just scroll back and look for episode 99 from April. It's called Body Confidence as a Mom. And then another little shout out in our cue it up. Um, I was just listening to the Coffee and Crumbs podcast, which I know many of you are aware of and many of you listen to them as well. But their new season is just great. They've got a new co-host and some new roundtable discussions. But they had an episode called Motherhood and Loneliness from, I don't know, just a month or so ago. It's from May of 2018. It was episode 49 for them. Um, And I feel like our listener community would relate to this episode so much. We've talked a lot about finding your mom tribe and all that, but we've never really called it what it is, which is there's very lonely seasons in motherhood. And um, April and Ashley in Indiana um, got very real about their own loneliness in motherhood. And um, I know we have, I mean, sometimes you're listening to a podcast in some cases because you don't have as much of a real life community. I mean, you might, so I'm not saying all of you out there are lonely, but many of you might be, and I would really recommend this episode. So go check out Coffee and Crumbs episode 49 as well. Wanted to throw that toward you guys. Um, that's it. Everything we talked about will be at themomhour.com. This was episode 164, and we will be back with you guys next week. Unfortunately, not together that time. No, but I'll still be in bed. In bed. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.